Thoughts on Theology, and we're your hosts, Vicar Andrew and Pastor Martin, and we are continuing, almost done, with the book called To Believe. And so we're, we've looked at a lot of different, you know, who is God, and what about his church even, but what does the Christian do living in this broken world? What, what are, what's their goal? What's their purpose? What is the Christian's role in society? Yeah, great question. I think it should be informed by everything that we have talked about the last 13 chapters. <laughs> and then Absolutely. we finally get to, okay, now what? How do I live this out? I have all this theory. I have all this understanding of my place in this universe according to God's cre- good creation. And now how do I put it all together? Uh, and so I think there are some good things that we can can glean from uh, this chapter. Uh, yeah, and some really important doctrines for us. Because it is easy to say, well, you know, the Christian's role is to uh, make his kingdom uh, here, mm-hmm. you know. And I think, well, okay, that's that's going to be more God's job than your job. Mm-hmm. But there is certainly a role of where we are um, his missionaries, right, his mm-hmm. ambassadors in this world. But the way that uh, we kind of see our Lutheran theology, we, we see it in two different kingdoms in which God is king of both. Yeah. Right? There's the what 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 we'll call the right-hand kingdom mm-hmm. and the left-hand kingdom. Which I had never heard that terminology before. I just saw it as maybe like church and state basically. You know, the kingdom of the right being that of the church and the kingdom of the left being that of the state for lack of better terms there, but uh kind of it kind of works, but yeah, I thought that was interesting that that's where he starts, that no matter where you are in society or more in the Christian realm and church, that God is the kingdom of both kingdoms, no matter where you are. And I thought that was a, that was a very good reminder uh, that he's the king of all creation. Right. So let's talk first about the right-hand kingdom then, uh, that of uh, the church. And we call that the right-hand kingdom uh, because that's his proper, mm-hmm. his proper work. Uh, is is working in and through his people, mm-hmm. uh, so in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so we talk about his his proper work being that of forgiving sin mm-hmm. and of teaching about salvation. Like that's the church's job, right? Is to present and to proclaim the grace of Christ for all people. For sure, yeah. But if we only try to exist in this right hand kingdom, then what we end up doing is something like you know the uh, old monastery system mm-hmm. where you are removing yourself from society, yep. you're removing yourself from the world, and that actually goes against the mission of God. Yep. We are called to be in this world. Yep. We are to be salt in the world. We are to give yeah. the world its flavor. We are to be a light on the hill, and you can only do that when you're actually on the hill. You're in the middle of everything, providing that light. Yeah. Well, it's it's hard to make disciples if only you're ever surrounded by already existed, mm-hmm. existing disciples. Yep. You have to be in the world as, again, as his ambassadors, as his hands and feet. Uh, so you're supposed to be, uh, yeah, the, the, the way the scripture says it, in the world, but not of the world, right? Exactly. So yeah. we can't just be isolated uh, into our little church cluster and say, okay, we're okay, and no one cares about anyone, anyone else. Yep. No, there's a, we also have to be a part of this left-hand mm-hmm. kingdom. 
And, and that's where we would say uh, <clears throat> is, well, it's certainly our government. It's cert also certainly just our society, our jobs, our families. These are all part of that left-hand kingdom where, mm -hmm. um, not to say that, that grace doesn't exist there, but where justice is probably more so lived out. Uh, I don't know if that's a word, right way of saying Yeah, sorry, that. explain that a little bit more. Well, <laughs> in the church, in the yeah. church we often have this thing where like, we don't get what we deserve, right? Right. We get grace. We get the mercy. We yeah. have mercy. Yeah. And mercy is kind of the, the staple then of the church's job. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine if uh, mercy was the staple of the left-hand kingdom where Oh, you didn't um, you didn't create a, a safe road? Well, it's mercy for That's you, even though okay. many people died because of your accident. No, that would be unjust, right? You actually need justice in mm -hmm. that realm. You need accountability in that realm. You need uh, you need law and order in mm -hmm. that realm. And again, it's not to say that there's not law and say, order in the there's church also either. a lot of justice in the church, uh, but yeah. justice for us. But yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I never really, really thought about that. But yeah, the the chapter continues talking about how we live in both kingdoms. Yeah. Right. We we live with our vocations is kind of the next thing. But before we get to that, you know, we exist both in the right hand and the left hand kingdom, and we live our lives very similarly. We just experience what you're talking about the mercy a lot more in that right hand kingdom than we might in the left hand kingdom, and. Uh, we see a lot more of the brokenness of the world in that left-hand kingdom and just the self-idolatry, mm. let's say it that way, in that left-hand kingdom. Uh, hopefully we don't see a lot of that in the right-hand kingdom. But uh, then it does get to the idea of the vocation. And there's yes. a lot to talk about when it talks about vocation. But what is what does vocation even mean? You know, it starts starts there. Well, I mean, it comes from the Latin... The idea is it's a calling, you know, mm -hmm. vocal. Um, someone has called out to us, and that's someone being God. Mm -hmm. You have been called, you have received this vocation, this calling to be in this work or in this relationship or in this context. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Andrew, for you, you have been called to be a husband and a father. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you've been called into... Uh, the, this concept of ministry, you know, not called in the sense of, you know, called to be a, a pastor yet. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that you've received that internal call. Of mm -hmm. just like, hey, God said mm -hmm. you should go and be a pastor, even though you uh, repeatedly said no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, said no a couple of times. Yeah. But that calling, that vocation mm -hmm. is, is yours. You know, you're also uh, uh, for for some time you were. You had the vocation of working at Cerner. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it was a job, yes, mm -hmm. but more than that, it was an opportunity mm -hmm. to love your neighbor in that realm, mm -hmm. in that context. So that's one of the biggest things that we actually received from the Reformation was this renewal of uh, the importance of vocation. Because back then, what had happened was. Uh, if you loved God, then you had to be a pastor. If you mm. loved God, you needed to be a monk or a nun. Interesting. Or, you know, you couldn't do anything else because that was really God-pleasing stuff. And everything else was just, you know, okay. for you. 
And, and Luther fought heavy against that, saying, uh, going as far as to say, you know, those who are, you know, the, the, the person who is excellent at sweeping. Yeah, is, it has yeah. in the box here. I, I love that little, little yeah. vignette. Yeah, the, the serving girl who sweeps the floor and milks the cow worshiped the God in a beautiful way. And a student who listens to his teacher in faith should know that he is doing a precious thing. And yeah, I I didn't realize that that was kind of something that Luther fought for. I think that's really absolutely. Awesome. It was a you know uh, the, the holier act, and this is this is weird. You know, Luther says it is a holier act to change your child's diaper mm. than it is to pray as a monk. Mm-hmm. Like whoa whoa whoa! You just said changing a diaper is better than prayer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and he's saying like one of these is. Loving your neighbor yeah, loving. in a very practical yeah. way. Uh-huh. Not to say that you shouldn't pray, yeah. but if you just pray and you refuse then to love your neighbor in yeah. a practical way, then you're not actually living out your faith. Yeah. And so you need to have that. That's why Jesus has the command. When he's asked, What's the greatest commandment? Singular, he says, Well, the first is love the Lord your God. Yeah. The second is love your neighbor. And this is the best commandment. Yeah, is you can't separate good? one without the other. They they are the commandment. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what that's how we got this concept of vocation, that you are a servant of God, mm-hmm. whether or not you are ordained or whether you are a shoemaker or mm-hmm. whether you are a businessman or a stay-at-home mom or whatever. And I love what you talked about the different vocations in your family, at your job, at whatever role you're doing, you have a vocation in that. You have a calling to love the neighbor, to love the person around you. And you can do that. You can serve them well in whatever role that is. But, you know, we, we as people wear a lot of different hats, you know, like the, your family of origin, you know, when you go back, that is a vocation, but you, you live it a little bit differently than, you know, with, with Lee and the kids, you know, and so that, that looks differently. And then, uh, you know, if you are that shoemaker, or you're a lawyer, or you're a doctor, that vocation looks a little different than you are with the kids. But it's all a calling of God. You are always supposed to live out this Christian life in that kingdom, in that vocation. And so I think that's a good good reminder for us that no matter what role you're at currently, do it to the glory of God. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that is the bulk of the chapter mm-hmm. is talking about this vocation. Mm-hmm. He, you know, first he talks a lot about the vocation of job. Um, yep. We shouldn't see our occupations as just a means by which to make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true, mm-hmm. but it's a means for you to love your mm-hmm. neighbor, whether it be your family and providing for your family, uh, whether that's uh, developing the relationships with your co-workers so that mm-hmm. you can be a witness to them. Uh, whether it's just providing an, a meaningful service. Well, so yeah, society, you're, you're a nurse and you're taking care of someone. Like that is a meaningful, yeah, meaningful service. You can serve people there. I think about, so one of my good friends just got a new job and he talks about how, you know, he works from home and he's basically just trying to cash the check so that he can do other things for this day. And I'm like, that's not the right attitude to have in this role, in this job. If it's just for the money, if it's just the check, then that's really the wrong motivation for this. And so that's what the chapter is talking about, talking against. Right. Well, and, you know, we can, it, that's absolutely true. I like to, to try to shift it from the negative to the positive. Mm-hmm. 
because I don't want it to come across as we're wagging fingers, like, yeah, yeah. you better see your job as something important. You know, like, no. Right. Instead, uh, open your eyes to yeah. see more than the paycheck. Yeah. But to see the brother or the sister or the neighbor uh-huh. or whoever that you are blessing mm-hmm. by going to that nine to five. It, it can be a drag at times and it can mm-hmm. be a, you know, man, I, you know, I'm not happy in this. Okay. But are you serving your neighbor here? At Cerner, I actually really appreciated the way we had a guy that was kind of really over all the people that were new to our team, uh, the community works, like the whole organization. He was he would always talk about, what's your why for being here? Mm-hmm. And it can't just be cashing a paycheck. Like, why I'm here is that I actually believe that we are making critical access hospitals better, you know? And so uh, he talked about how, like, find your why. And so I, I had that for however long I was there. Like, I actually thought, man, I, I can do a really good job. I can make this hospital better. I can make them more efficient. They can see more patients. Oh, my gosh, they can actually get in a couple yep. more people to be like, oh, hey, you need care. And so that was that was really important for me during that vocation sure. to understand that, man, I'm, I'm spending an extra three hours at home on my computer, but there's a reason for this because in two weeks it's going to make whatever a lot easier for me. And this hospital better and so yeah I appreciated that yeah I have a a friend who's a car salesman and that's exactly (laughs) the same thing you know so many of those he he has all kinds of stories about that that particular sure that yeah that vocation Uh, is a unique calling but you know he he can tell the folks that are there for the money and those who are there to bless a person or a family Mm -hmm. and that, that was always such a blessing for him to say, okay, my job is not to get one more car sold. My mm-hmm. job is to connect this family with this thing that is going to be in their lives for the next three yeah. or 20 years. A long time. Yeah. Um, so that's when you see it that way, it yeah. changes your motivation exactly. and you start to actually. You, uh, you know, practice those words of Ephesians that says, "Do whatever it is you're doing, do it all to the glory of God, or work as if you're working for God," mm-hmm. because that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, hundred percent. I know Tara and I have had this conversation a lot, like in her role, just like how can she do this? And so, I think it's I think it's a worthwhile endeavor for all of us and whatever occupation we're doing to to find that why, to find that calling, to serve others and to glory God, glory yeah. to the glory of God. So, absolutely, yeah. All right, so there's this next part, after vocation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the job, and you know, we can talk about the family a little bit too. Like mm-hmm. You have a vocation as father and husband, uh, as son, mm-hmm. uh, and those roles are equally important, if not more important, than just the occupation. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, in fact, most of the time, your occupation is uh, subservient to the real role of providing for the family. 100%, yeah. Uh, but it's it's important that everyone knows that you we all have a calling. We mm-hmm. all have a role, a place in this society because God's placed us just so. Mm-hmm. Uh, after vocation, then he he shifts a little bit to the government. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, awkward shift world, in your seat. Uh-huh. Uh, what in the world yeah. is the government's role in society, and, and what's our role in uh, helping slash serving slash submitting to this yeah. this government? 
in any society, once you have all these different connective relationships, all these webs of people coming together, well, how do you govern them? How do you uh, have laws to, to dictate what is good, what is bad, to punish what isn't really good? So let's maybe help people see the better. And so, yeah, the, the government is there whether that be the local government, whether that be the state government, whether that be the national government, whatever sure. it may be, it is put in place. And there is a lot of scripture that talks about the government is put in place for a reason, that all authority is God-ordained. And Yeah, it's, uh, I can't remember, I think it was Thomas Jefferson talked about it as a social contract mm. uh, where you know everyone has all the freedoms but you give up some of those freedoms for the sake of the whole. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, do you have the freedom and the right to, you know, run around the, you know, the street completely naked? I guess you, you can. Good. Yeah. But we voluntarily give up that right uh-huh. and say, okay, I'm no longer free to do that because yeah. I don't want to see that from anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you give up some rights so that the whole of society can operate well together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's in some ways just the way a government works uh, now it's interesting you talk about scripture talking about the role of government and I mean Romans 13 is very very clear yeah. here uh, that we are called to submit to whatever authority and whatever government mm-hmm. is, is over us mm-hmm. as Christians mm-hmm. and that sparks a huge debate and some uh-huh. big questions uh-huh. of, whoa, whoa, whoa. So many times in history, well, this hasn't happened that way. Well, what about them? Well, if they submitted, that it would have... Uh-huh. Yeah, and, you know, eventually it always comes It always comes back to, you know, the Holocaust, right? Yeah. It always comes back to Hitler. Uh-huh. And, you know, and that's a prime example of a terrible government. Yeah. And what is the Christian's role? In, yeah. Right? And we have, you know, even uh, famous Lutherans like Bonhoeffer yeah. uh, who, who fought against that government. Uh-huh. And, you know, Say what you will. I mean, there's there's good and there's bad mm-hmm. uh, to kind of what what he does in that. But what Paul says in Scripture is, <clears throat> uh, as long as it is up to you, mm-hmm. you abide by whatever government rules you can you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep in mind, he's writing this under Emperor Nero. Yes. Who routinely the Roman, would, yeah, yeah. Who would routinely like light Christians to light the streets of Rome, I mean, tie mm-hmm. them up to poles, light them on fire, and then walk around Rome. Mm-hmm. I mean, hated the Christian faith mm-hmm. and heavily persecuted it. And this is the government that he's saying you need to submit to this. Yeah, yeah, right. And don't live outside of the rules that they are giving you. Yeah, but we also have in the Book of Acts a very clear um, exemption. Uh-huh. from that where the the apostles are told commanded even by the Sanhedrin mm-hmm. the Jewish government do not, not yeah. proclaim Jesus and they say sorry can't do that mm-hmm. so as long as the command or the dictate of the government is uh, in line with scripture mm-hmm. then obey it mm-hmm. but if it directly uh, contradicts what's, what God has directly told us to do, then you are required then to mm-hmm. not obey that thing. Use your Christian freedom in such a way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so take for example, uh, we'll take a silly example like speed limits. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Annoying 
uh, mm-hmm. to have some of those bigger speed limits out there or to, the ones that limit you. And you're like, I just want to go faster. <laughs> the 30 mile an hour and it feels like it should be 50. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know it's just a speed trap, and it's like you can think mm-hmm. of all the ways that this is unjust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, there's nothing in Scripture that says that this is, a, this is a, uh, contrary to the will of God in your life. No, mm-hmm. this is not. It's something you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, something you don't think is fair. Mm-hmm. But you do that thing. Mm-hmm. However, if for, for whatever reason the, that government said, uh, you need to find every, uh, well, a little scriptural, uh, every boy under two years old and kill them. Right, okay. Uh, like yeah. happened in Egypt, like happened again in Jerusalem, yeah. in Bethlehem. Uh-huh. Uh, that does go <laughs> directly against God's command. Yep. And so you have to say no. Mm-hmm. And that's more or less the, the way that government works as a Christian. Mm-hmm. So, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's it's tricky uh, potentially uh, as we look at the world, uh, as we look at what's happening in our nation. There could be some definite questions about, well, um, do I follow this government that is potentially going down a road that I don't believe that it's it should be going down as a, as a Christian? And so, what does that what does that look like? And I think for the uh, years to come, I think this question is going to be even more evident and more prominent in uh, the right-hand kingdom yeah. of how do we live in this left-hand, left-hand kingdom that might be going uh, a different way. And so I think this is going to be something that we are going to have to struggle with. And we're going to have to Certainly. actually really ask ourselves because we've been in, uh, honestly, we've been in a time when both kingdoms seem to have been working hand-in-hand uh, easier, uh, more, more evidently. Uh, and I think that might be changing. Uh, and I so, would imagine, yes, it is, certainly. And now, so, that actually brings up a good point, and that is, as Christians, we know, first of all, we know where our hope is found is in right. Jesus Christ, not in however, you know, the, the government in which we exist, in which we live, is good or bad. Mm-hmm. But as Americans, mm-hmm. we have a great blessing. Mm-hmm. We don't have a king or a dictator. Instead, mm-hmm. we have... An electable, yeah. uh, an electable uh, representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a you know, representative government. And that means we have a voice, we have a vote, we can choose who is, is in, uh, in, I suppose, power. Yeah. Uh, you know, human, human power, at least. And, and so as, as good Christians, yeah, you know, use that yeah. to direct the government in the way that you think uh, is most loving towards your neighbor and most glorifying mm-hmm. towards our God. Uh, we don't wring our hands when things don't go that way. Mm-hmm. We don't worry and say, oh, this is the end. And like, Okay. At worst, this might be the end of America, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not the end of God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of his church. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we keep that kind of, uh, we, we keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. But it also does drive us to action. Yeah. To say, hey, we should do I something. want an, I, you know, I, we might look at this this government right now uh, and say, hey, there are better ways for us to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. There are better ways for us to uh, care for the people and the things that he's given to us. Yes. Ways that we can prepare for our future generations. Mm-hmm. Instead of handing them however much debt, well, we can give them something better. Mm-hmm. Than that. You know, we can love our neighbor now and later in a better way. Mm-hmm. Okay, drive for that. 
you know, promote that. That's that's great. Mm-hmm. But uh, don't don't think. And it's so easy for us to say. So I'm going to put my hope in that instead of in that right hand kingdom truth mm-hmm. that we are saved by grace and that nothing's going to strip us of that. That's such a good distinction. That last little bit right there. That yeah, our hope is not found in the government, no matter what's com- what's happening there. Our hope is found in Jesus. That is that is where we put our our hope and faith. But we still we still act. You know, we still have a part to play in this left hand kingdom. We still have a part mm-hmm. to play in all of our vocations. It's not an excuse to to not act or just like, well, you know, God's got it or God's going to do it. And that is true. But uh, you know, we are called to act. We are called to use our vocation in a way that brings Him glory to uh, bring about His kingdom as it is on earth. Yep. Well said. And so that's the the Christian's role in society. <clears throat> your vocation and even your submission to uh, to our leaders and authorities. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.